0: Welcome to Run with... Purpose. This is episode number thirty-five. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love that you subscribe. You can find us on all of the places you can find podcasts. Obviously, you know that you found us, uh, and you can always reach out to me on all of the socials at flores.run. Thanks for everyone that's watching the video as well on the YouTube channel. Uh, as you guys know, if there's a video, that means there's an interview, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But um, a few weeks ago, I had mentioned a project I wanted to kind of start working. Working on. And really it was about finding people with, with stories that are, you know, kind of fit the flow of the podcast. So, you know, running your life with purpose and intentionality. And, and I was like, Hey, what better way to get people's stories than to literally just go on Reddit? You know, people there's, there's a ton of people on Reddit, you know, and you can find sort different types of uh, topics and subjects and that sort of thing to, to to communicate with people. It's a great community. Um, it can be a harsh community at some points in some places too, but overall it's a great community. Uh, and this week we actually have <clears throat> the first installment of that project. I have, uh, Alexander, uh, his story is really about never, never giving up and that nothing is impossible with hard work. So I'm so thankful that you, uh, took the time this evening to, to chat with me. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. it's an honor. Oh yeah, it's. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be a good conversation just from, um, from what you had shared on, um, on Reddit, and then basically our emails back and forth and stuff like that. I think it's gonna be a really good conversation. I think people are gonna get a lot out of this. Um, again, the idea is, you know, we're not. We're all normal people and we all do. We can do amazing things. But like we talked about before we started recording, it's all life is what you make it. And if you kind of let the circumstances control you, um, you can go down a a real crazy path there. But before we dive into all of this kind of stuff, maybe tell the people just maybe a little bit of your background.
1: Sure thing. So um, just a few little things about me. Um, I grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm um, 23 years old. A um, uh, few of my hobbies. Um, I, I like to run, of course, but I also like um, working out. I like playing the guitar. I'm not that great at it, but it's still a lot of fun. And um, I recently I've started dabbling in writing. Uh, now my family is from Ukraine. I'm actually the first, first member of my family born in America. So that's, uh, uh, that's something that, uh, I think is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Were they, how long did they live here before you were born?
1: Uh, I think I lost audio.
0: Oh, can you hear me? You got me? Thank you. We should be. Oh. All right. You good. You good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're having some like crazy thunderstorms here too. So like my power just flickered. So I'm really hoping we don't lose power while this happens too. (laughs) whatever. We just rolled the punches. That would happen, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's all right. It happens. Um, Um, so what I had asked was, uh, how long had your parents, um, been in the States before you were born?
1: Um, so it's actually a pretty crazy story. So uh, my dad came here. Um, my, my parents are older. My dad came here in 50, 52 or, or 1950. And he came over on a boat with his family. And then he lived here. He lived his whole life here. He was an architect. And my mom came here just, uh, she came right after the, or right before the collapse of the Soviet Union, Union in 19- and she uh my dad was actually uh the immigration officer that helped her get in that's um a bridged version i think the actual story is a bit a bit longer but that's yeah. his, that's the story i understand that he actually helped her get in and um that's kind of how they met and they um and yeah uh, as a result of that here i am i think it's a crazy story two people so far apart happened to run into each other yeah um but yeah, that's, uh, so yeah, I guess to answer your uh, question, my dad's been here for pretty much his entire life. My mom just came here about 25 years ago. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: That's pretty cool though. You know, like you said, it's kind of interesting just how those, how those kind of circumstances kind of go, go hand in hand and that sort of thing. You still, yeah. you still live in Pennsylvania?
1: Um, yes. So I uh, when I was 18, I left to go to Widener University. I, I went to school there, and then I lived over in that area for a while, for about two years. Uh, that's like uh, near Philadelphia, the Delco area. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, uh, j- actually, just a couple months ago, I moved back here to my family's house, mostly because uh, there's two young young kids here. My two nephews live here, and. Uh, um, and it's with everybody being stuck at home all the time, it's a extremely difficult to, for my mom to manage the household and manage them. And so I figured I would come back here, uh, lend a helping hand and, uh, you know, help the whole household run a bit more smoothly.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I noticed the, the flyer shirt. So it was just like, I was like, Oh, I wonder if he's still in PA. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I, I, if I don't stay in PA, the only other place I will go is probably go live in like Westchester, New York because I got a lot of family up there. But other than that, I love PA.
0: Yeah, my my wife's family is from probably about like two hours Southeast of Pittsburgh. So she's more like the Maryland border kind of thing. So on the other side of PA. So I'm familiar with that side. I'm not familiar as familiar with the, uh, like the Philadelphia side, but yeah, PA shoot. I told her, I told her Pennsylvania. She's like, Oh, I know that area. I'm like, Oh, I'm sure you do honey. Um, but we didn't, we didn't go on the show to talk about Pennsylvania. Um, so the idea, the idea today was to really talking about pushing yourself and, and kind of what that means to you. Cause that was kind of when I, for for those listening, I asked people on Reddit saying, Hey, just tell me, I want to know more about you, your story, what, what you took to get to the place you are now. And, And you had brought up about this, like pushing yourself and that sort of thing. So if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about that and we can just keep talking about it
1: yeah absolutely. so uh, to start the story, we have to go back to when I was in high school now, growing up here um uh, when I was living here originally um I lived my grandma lived here now uh, she's passed away. God rest her soul but uh, when i when she lived here um, and I was growing up, she had uh, this habit out of the goodness of her heart of doing just about everything for me. She would not let me lift a finger for myself and growing up with that it kind of gave me this mentality of oh i don't really need to put any effort in to get things i um and that really backfired when i got to college and um, i'm in college and i'm sitting there i don't know how to cook i don't know how to do laundry i don't know how to wash dishes and i it was a mess Uh, my freshman year was a big mess but um, over that freshman year i i looked at myself and i'm like dude you have got to change you've got to do something something has to change and so going from my freshman year to my sophomore year i kind of that summer in between i had that mentality and i said okay starting starting sophomore year you are going to push yourself and i didn't know what that meant i was kind of i kind of just said I, you're told myself you have got to do something so um, sophomore year I kind of uh really more immersed myself in the college experience I never really went home I stayed at college on the weekends really uh bonded with my friends and um and that year, I actually ended up joining a fraternity, uh, Theta Chi Fraternity, which uh, I did freshman year. I thought fraternities were a joke. i um sorry to any, if anyone's in a fraternity <laughs> who's listening, but I thought they were a joke. I thought uh, people in fraternities are just alcoholics, but then I... I am uh, a couple of the friends I had were already joined in a fraternity, and I, I, I knew them from freshman year, and I saw how much they changed from being kind of loose cannon freshman year to being very professional and very collected sophomore year. That I'm like, maybe there's something to it. So, my second semester of my sophomore year, I joined this fraternity, and. That really was where I learned to push myself because it's one thing to make yourself, to push yourself, but they joining fraternity, going through the process, you had. You have to push yourself if you want to make it through. If you want to get to the end of it, you. And once you get through it, you have a lot of responsibilities. You have meetings you have to go to. Um, I was when I was in there, I was um, I had roles as um, academic chair. Then I had a treasurer. I was treasurer, and then I was philanthropy chair, and that made me push myself to accomplish things i couldn't just sit back and focus on my own schoolwork and let things be fine i had to i had people that had expectations of me and they weren't gonna hold my hand like i like my hand was held when i was younger and i think that is really what and going through that that is really what made me want to push myself um so
0: yeah i think not not to not to cut you off there but i think that's that's interesting that you have like because a lot of people will have that, that same kind of thing. I can, I can agree with you is when I, when I went to college, I had literally never washed clothes before. Um, I knew how to cook a little bit because my family was chefs. So like, I kind of had that concept, but other than that, like I didn't really have to do much at home. Like my parents were were divorced, but my mom took care of things at the house and my dad was a clean freak too. So he did, he did a lot of the cleaning and stuff at his house. So it was, I never had to do too much. And then when I go to college, I went I lived in Florida at the time. I graduated high school in Florida, but then went to college in North Carolina. So I was even 15 hours away from my family. So it was even like, I couldn't even go see my family if I wanted to. And and I don't think I initially had that mentality of, I need to I need to wake up and kind of get this stuff done myself. So I mean, like kudos to you to kind of waking up to that, that realization, like, you know what, I need to do something here if I'm gonna do that. And, and like you said, with the fraternity as well, you find that, you find that group of friends with with common common goals, common aspirations pushing each other forward in a way and you kind of mm-hmm. get that camaraderie, you know, if you will. I think that's yeah, I think I can speak super to, to help you push through any c- circumstance, yeah.
1: Um, and I guess another layer that I could add to that that story that I already told that um might um, resonate with certain people is that um, so in high school, uh, in addition to kind of being toddled, uh, I went to a very small school, my graduating class was forty two people, wow. and so I didn't really have much of a social life. We kind of live in a more rural area of Pennsylvania, so I don't have neighbors. Um, the the school I went to, my parents not wealthy, and the in the mo in the slightest, but, uh, my mom, uh, was able to pull some strings. She works at a country club. So she has friends who are members at that country club. So she was able to pull some strings and, um, get me some references. And I was able to get into a a pretty high class private school, uh, Lancaster country day school. And it it was a great school from an academic perspective, not so much from a social perspective. Uh, I, I didn't really make that many friends at that school, except one, one really good friend that I have, uh, will, Um, who kind of got me through high school. But um, aside from that, I never really, I was a very shy, sort of introverted person. And I never really saw a value to going out and socializing. And it wasn't until I got to college and I was kind of pushed into that I had to socialize it's either that or go home on the weekends and in my sophomore semester I never did that and when I started doing that and I I joined a fraternity I suddenly had a whole group of people that looked at me and respected me and um and I started to feel like I belonged I wasn't just this one person I was part of a group of people and that's kind of what that feeling of camaraderie like you said is what made me push myself to want to better myself because suddenly I am not my only audience I have other people looking at me and I want to set a good example for both my brothers and the newer brothers that came in under me as well as any freshman or underclassmen that I may run into that I want I don't want to I want I want to be someone that they can look up to and So I wanted to develop myself so that I could be, could be that person. Um, So yeah, so anyway, going through um, my senior year, I, uh, my senior year, I lived off campus and uh, that was kind of the year that really uh, changed me the most because suddenly I wasn't in the dorms, I was off campus, I could actually do whatever I wanted and I had the responsibility of paying rent. I had... It was, I, it was, um, before graduating, it was the closest I ever came to actually really adulting. Um, but, uh, but, um, in college, I had this one really good friend named Brandon who it seemed like everything he did, he took it to the next level. Like he never kind of, uh, half-assed anything, pardon yeah, my yeah. French, no, that's fine. but everything, everything he did, he took to the next level and he, um, uh, like he did martial arts, he played guitar, he did a ton of stuff, and uh, but he I never he never struck me as much of a runner. Uh, like that wasn't a, a super big thing for him. So then, one day I see on his Instagram they posted a. 13.7 mile run on, from a screenshot from Strava. And um, I saw that, I'm like, wait, but <laughs> and, and that just shocked me. I'm like, that's something that I thought, you had to be elite, you had to trade for years to do that. I'm like, that's not something I thought you could just go out and do just for fun. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, so when I saw that, I was like, maybe I could run, maybe I could get into it. I mean, cause I would go to, I would go to the gym with him a lot and, um, before we lifted we would we would run shredmill maybe a half mile maybe a mile just to uh, get our sweat going and one day I just downloaded Strava and went on a two mile run out to the the near Wawa and back and I hated it it was awful (laughs) I was sweaty I think my time was like nine and a half minutes mile uh which i think maybe to some people that might be good but i mean that's i i just didn't like it but i knew that i wanted to run but i didn't want to run and then two weeks went by and i um and it was a friday and i got really really sick like i woke up at 7 a.m on friday and The first thing I did, all I did is I got out of my bed, emailed my professors, I'm not coming to class, got back in bed, laid there until about 7 p.m. And then I got out, at that point I was really hungry, so I wanted to go down, heat up a cheesesteak I had in the fridge, and it was an hour and a half process to walk from my bed Mm -hmm. to the kitchen, eat it up, bring it back to my room and eat it. It took an hour and a half because I was so groggy. But after that experience, Um, I decided that I'm not going to put my health in jeopardy like that kind of was an awakening because I was like, holy crap. I thought I was going to die. And so the the next, the following Tuesday, I went out for a run. Uh, This time I did two and a half miles. I just took a longer route back from the same walla, And then, and then the next run I did, I think I did like three miles and then the next one was three and a half. And I think when I hit four or four and a half miles, I felt the runner's high. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, remember there was a, there was a clear moment when I was running and I think I was about four and a half miles into the run and I was running. And up until then I was like breathing heavy and I, I hated it, but I was forcing myself to do it. And then I was running, and I was about four and a half miles and I just acknowledged to myself, I don't feel anything. I don't feel stressed, I don't feel strained. The only thing I could feel was the impact of my feet on the ground, but it was, everything else was kind of like, everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And, and that that really like struck me as odd, because I'm like, running is comfortable, that, that was never something that I would ever <laughs> imagine
0: could ever happen. What is this witchcraft?
1: <laughs> this is witchcraft, exactly, but then, um, the next time I ran, I ended up running. I, so that run was four five miles. The next run I ran was like I think six, six and a half miles, and then after that, um, uh, I went to Vegas, and I um, in the it was the morning. I woke up in the hotel, and I. Wanted, and I was like, I'm gonna go for a run. And I went for a run, and I, I saw a building in the distance. I forget what it was. It was uh, one of the hotels, you know, it was Trump Tower. I saw Trump Tower in the distance, and I'm like, I'm gonna run to there. I didn't know how far it was, but I started running, and I get to a turnoff that goes onto a highway that goes to the tower and i look and i'm like well i can't go there that's a highway so i obviously can't run there but i'm like so i need a new target so i just scanned looked around i saw the stratosphere and it was about as far as the trump tower was when i started and i'm like i'm gonna run there i ran there it was four miles the four miles total to get there and i was like i'm at four miles i need to run four miles back that's gonna be eight miles can i do that I ran eight miles back and you I was, it was just as easy. I was, it was, I, I got back and I felt just as fine as I did after five miles, if if not better, just cause you know, the euphoria of running that far, mm-hmm. but, and it it just snowballed from there. I ended up uh, about like a few runs later, later I ran a half marathon just around Lancaster. Uh, I was, I think I was home that weekend, but, and, and, I remember when I ran the half marathon at that time, I did push myself too hard because I got, I think I could, I ran until about 10 miles, and then I was like running and walking, mm-hmm. and then I I ended up just walking the last like half a mile, just, and then I got to, hit my watch hit 13.1, and I called my brother to pick me up, and I got in the car, and I didn't say anything. I was just like, I. I, I I couldn't even speak. I was like, just three and a half marathon. <laughs> take, take me to Sheets. Um, <laughs> yeah, for people who don't know, Sheets is like the local. It's like it, it's like Wawa or Seven Eleven, but it has much better food. Yeah. Um, has, has made to order. Anyway, we've been getting I there regress. every
0: time we go to Pennsylvania head out that way because we don't have any Sheets close by our closest one's probably about an hour and a half outside columbus and but they have uh their burritos are amazing and and i'm vegetarian so they're like they end up being like five dollars and i'm like yes a five dollar massive burrito it's much better than chipotle i'm like sheets all day yeah
1: yeah she's great but anyway we're not here to talk about (laughs) um So I, I, hit 13.1 and I, that was the second time I thought I would die because I, I remember I got home, I ate, ate the burger that I bought and I went and laid down in my bed and I was, it was actually, it was pretty cold that day. I, it was like, I think it was like 40 degrees when I finished running, um, and, I remember laying in my bed wrapped up in blankets and I just kept getting colder and colder and colder even though I was wrapped up and I'm like, I, I thought I ran until I completely ran out of energy. I ran my body dry and this was how I was gonna die. And I was, but uh, obviously I didn't. And then, and but I, I realized that 10 miles was my limit. I could run up to 10 miles before I needed to, before my body started to respond very negatively. So then I just, so, at the same time, I told myself, if I could do this after just about a month of running, uh, how long would it take for me to train for a marathon? So I decided to start make running a hobby something I did on a regular basis, and uh, I started training for the Philadelphia Marathon that was gonna happen, I think, seven months later at that point. Um, but, um, I mean, at this point, I'm kind of, I think I'm pat farther along than where most people would be if they're trying to get into running so i uh, i think the, the important thing is not me at that point because i did train and i ended up running a marathon and um and i i, I got kind of spotty after that but I eventually um but i did stick with it i would sometimes i would not run for a month and then go for a run i could barely run five miles um so other times i would run three times a week and just try to build myself up but um i guess me getting to that point i I, I, when i was at that point i was like how did i get here i i've always been i've always been lazy i've always i've never liked running i've never been someone who i thought would ever do anything that would amount to anything like that I, i was shocked um so i think uh the moral is it's anybody can do it if they put their mind to it you just have to want it like um like recently, I started running with my family. Uh, my my brother, who's uh, much older than me, he's, he's my half-brother from my mom's side, and um, he's never run in his life, he, and he's smoked cigarettes for 27 years, and he never thought he could run, and I, I, I kind of pushed him to go out running with me, and the first time we ran, I think we ran a mile and a half, and he took, like, five walking breaks the whole time um and and i, I didn't judge him I, I just said yeah that's how it's going to be your first one's going to suck but uh that but he wanted to keep doing it and the, he went out a uh, second time with me and ran that time we ran two miles and he had sort of the same amazing feeling that i did because he ended up running that full two miles without taking a single walking break running at the same pace that he did before and so that kind of Showed me that I mean that he he's um, he's in his 40s. He smoked for 27 years, mm-hmm. and uh, he was able to go out and push himself to start running. And he he's been running on and off with me, and he's definitely been improving. I think the farthest run we did was three and a half miles, and he was able to power through to through more than half of it before even before having to stop for a walk. So, I mean, I, I guess the thing is, there's the only excuse you any excuse you create is only is only a reason why you don't want to do it but if you want to do it no amount of excuses will stop you from doing it like um i guess that's uh kind of the i guess that's the moral of the story um yeah. I, so is there anything else you'd like to ask? Um, I feel like I feel like I've been talking for a while and yeah, I yeah, no uh, worries, don't man. know how much. Uh, um, I guess I don't really have too much more to add to that specific story. But uh, if there's any questions you'd like to ask me, any, any things you'd like to clear up or anything that interests you, I'd, I'd be happy to answer anything. Yeah.
0: And first off, I mean, I think your story itself it can speak to so many people. Um, as the, you know, it's easier to see it from this side where you're, you've, you've done all these things and you can look back and you're like, Oh, it's cause I pushed myself and I did that. But I, I, I can almost guarantee, and you can probably, um, relate to this is in the middle of that, you felt like this, I'm never going to get to this point. Like I'm not going to do, I'm not gonna be able to get to this level. I want to, I'm going to push myself and I'm going to drive to do that. But it, it takes a lot of, you know, not only physical to, to get from running a couple miles to running a marathon but it also mm-hmm. takes a lot of mental. It's a lot between your ears of, I can do this and kind of motivating yourself. What was that push for you of, you know, you did that, that half marathon and then you felt like you were going to die in your bed because you were freezing. Uh, you got, got the shivers and stuff like that, which I know that feeling, and that is not a fun feeling. Um, but what, yeah. what pushed you to say, all right, I did 13.1. Let's, let's try 26.2. Um,
1: just how fast I got there. Like I, like I said, it was, I went in a month. I went from hating my life after two miles to, um, Mm -hmm well hating my life but not until 13.1 miles right so i i I told myself if i can do that in a month i i i mean i i didn't i don't really know at that point since i'm not really a runner i don't know that many runners but i guess in my head that seemed like something that i thought was was to myself that that, they gave me a sense of confidence it gave me a feeling that if i can do this this much farther shouldn't be, should be possible for me. And, um, cause I mean, I, I, remember when I, when I was training for the marathon, I would, I would say, I'm going to go for a, for a eight mile run and then I would be running and then I'll just see a road that I've never r- run down before. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to run down that road for, for a mile and a half and then come back and then keep running. And it, it's just kind of like when, when you're looking at running from the outside perspective, it seems crazy it seems scary it seems like something you could never do but when you're in the middle of it when you're actually out there running and you've and you feel that euphoria and you feel and you've gotten past gotten over that hump of like kind of getting yourself into it running stops being sort of something that's painful it starts being something that's rewarding i mean when i was in college i would if I went out and got really, really, really drunk on a Friday night, I would wake up Saturday morning at at nine a.m. and I'd go out for a like an eight mile run, and I would it would be better than taking Advil because it would just clear my head, and I'd go home, take a nice, nice cold shower, and and I would just feel on top of the world. Um, but. I, so yeah, I guess what pushed me to, I guess, I think that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: To- yeah. It, I'm always, I'm always interested in seeing that. Cause I've talked to, I've talked to people that have, that have literally sworn off saying like, I'm never going to run a marathon or I'm never going to run a half marathon for that matter. And I think everybody has their own distances that, you know, mean, to, mean to them, it means something to you. And I think that's the important, I, I wanted, I was curious about that because it, it's something that meant to you of, I got to 13.1, you see this marathon and you're like, well, that seems it's, it's far enough to, to scare me that I'm like, it's going to be a challenge. I can't just do it today, but it's definitely right. something that I can attain. It's a goal I can attain. My buddy, Mike says it all the time. He's like, when you set goals, they shouldn't be easy, but they should be attainable. Like it's going to require work and you got to put time in and you got to have um, the perseverance to go through the battles that will happen. Cause things will come up, you know, things will take your attention. You know, you party one night and you're like, well, I, I still got to get my run in. Like I still need to run on mm-hmm. Saturday. So uh, you know what, I did this to myself time to time to just go suck it up and get mm-hmm. my run in. Um, right. those kind of things happen. But if you, if you have that perspective of, of pushing yourself and seeing what your limits are, and yeah, I have a, a quote that I've been living by the last few years, basically getting comfortable with discomfort and, and having mm-hmm. that run yeah. through everything in my mind of if it's something's comfortable like, I don't want to take it away and I want to see how I can grow in that situation. And this, this current time we're in is exactly that is, you know, we're, we're losing a lot of our comforts that we had and we're Mm -hmm. having to, to rethink what's important to us and how we should be spending our time and spending our attention in this time, which I think is going to, you know, even though it's not a time we want to be in at all, it's definitely going to, we're going to come out of it better, I believe, uh, in many aspects of, of society as a whole. Um, one thing you had, you had mentioned too, talking about like your brother getting him to run and stuff like that. It's like, you probably, you probably don't realize the amount of impact you've had on people. Um, just seeing you run and, and kind of seeing your story goes like, Oh, I remember him and I didn't think he was a runner and, and look what he's been able to accomplish and that sort of thing. I mean, it's just like this, it's you raising your hand and saying, Hey, yeah, I want to chat and tell my story to, to strangers that I'll probably never meet. But it's like those kinds of things, um, you know, you'll look back just like you're looking back now and, and at, uh, your running journey or your life really journey that's gotten you to this point, And you'll kind of have that. That's like my wise sage advice. Cause I have the same thing mm-hmm. with, with the races that I've done is I don't think I've done. I, I you, there's always someone that's done more. You can always look to someone and said, mm-hmm. they've done more. They're faster than me. They're better than me, whatever that may mean. Um, mm-hmm. but we don't realize the people that we actually impact on a day to day. And, you know, that's why this podcast exists and that sort of thing to tell, tell stories like yours to, to help people understand that, Hey, mm-hmm. you could do this too. It's not an elite person. No. You're not have to be a specific body type or a specific kind of person or an athlete or whatever. You can, you can make this happen. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm trying to think there was something else I was going to ask. And you know, I forgot cause I meant to write, write it down and I put my keyboard away. Well, um, while
1: you remember that, I do have a couple of things I want to add. Um, first of all, and this is one thing, if there's any people out there that are want to run, but they're scared of it, because, um, I mean, we're talking about running eight miles, ten miles, half marathon, marathon, and those seem like really scary numbers, and um, I think that the important thing for people to realize is that running isn't, the difficulty of running isn't linear. It's, it's more like a curve. It's, um, I guess, the way the line would go is it would be go up, uh, up to about four and a half miles or four miles, the difficulty will increase. But once you reach that point, and I'm, you can probably attest that you kind of get to a point where you've run so far that your body doesn't really care anymore that it's tired or that it's sweating. Your body just kind of is okay with it. It becomes a new norm. And I think people that are want to run and see this form like 4 miles to someone who's never run before is scary. But what people don't realize is that 4 miles may be a big wall, but right behind the wall is a is a luscious greenland of of happiness cuz you get you get to that wall And you get over it and it's just it's like going down on a roller coaster you just you spot you snowball um and the other thing is uh that thing you said about um trying to get rid of the comforts and focus on discomforts i remember when i was this is actually before this is before i started running this was in the fall of my um fall of my senior year, I started running in February. Uh, but in the fall, I remember there was a, I, I was kind of pushing myself in other ways, you know, trying to get done with school, trying to, um, uh, trying to be treasurer and doing that job that was
0: awful. Cause
1: it's, <laughs> I, you, you have to be a dickhead if you want to be a treasurer. and I'm, right. I'm not like that. You're like, so
0: guys, you need to pay your dues. dues, gotta pay your dues. We yeah. need to get this money in. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Uh, that's why I became philanthropy chair just to clear my conscience. Um, but, but anyway, I digress. Um, I remember in that time I, w- I actually had a saying to myself cause there would always be things that I didn't want to do. Like, I don't want to write this 10 page paper. I don't want to, I don't want to have to, um, uh, and I started having a motto that was profoundly effective, even though it was just words. And what I would say to myself is, I don't want to do this, therefore I will do this. Hmm. And it, it seems so simple, but it, in that time, it was so compelling to me because it was like, why are you doing this? Because you don't want to. You're, suddenly you're not, not doing it because you don't. It kind of like rewires your brain almost if you if you get in the habit of thinking that way. Um it's it's a difficult way to think, but it uh, if you can if you can learn to tell yourself that it's I think it's very powerful.
0: Yeah, I think it goes, yeah, it goes hand in hand with the the getting comfortable with discomfort because you're kind of saying, why, why do I not want to do this? Like, there's something, there's something in me that is saying, I don't want to do this. And it's, and it's why you kind of have to free yourself from that to, to experience new things, experience life and that sort of thing. And you know, sometimes you're going to fail, fail, failures happen, but kind of looking past those failures and continue to push on. I think, yeah, I think that's the message right there, man. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you there. Um, so, Hey, do you ever, uh, remember that thing that you wanted to mention?
0: Nah, I don't. It was, it was something along the lines of the comfortable discomfort. I was going to dig more into that, but I can't remember, but your thing was much better than mine anyway, so it's fine. We can end on that. We can end on that note, but how can, okay. uh, how can people connect with you if they want to connect with you and, and, you know, just see more about uh, um, what you're doing?
1: Well, So, um, my best way to connect with me, I'm not really on Twitter, but, um, I am on Facebook and on Instagram, um, Instagram, my tag, I don't know if you can put this in writing anywhere, but it's, um, Heyo and it's spelled H E Y Y Y underscore O O O O O otherwise it's Heyo with three Y's and four O's. Yeah. is the way I like to say it.
0: It'll be, uh, it'll be in the show notes. So people will be able to see it there too, but I'll ta- I'll tag you in it. So, so people will know where to find it.
1: <clears throat> and then, uh, Facebook, um, I'm not super active on it, but I'm definitely on it a lot looking at other people's posts. So, uh, if someone wants to reach out to me through, through it, um, it's just my name. It's my full name is Oleksandr, the Karad. Um, my middle name, I'm, uh, it's, I'm not going to bother trying to go through how to spell it, um, but uh, I, I, I can I can email it to you yeah, later just, if you want to put it well, in your notes. You
0: send him a DM on Instagram, and if you want to be his friend on Facebook, just ask him and we'll go that route. <laughs> It'll make it easier for everybody, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah that works. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for being on the show again. I really appreciate you telling your story. I I truly believe that, that someone's going to listen to this and it's really going to kind of give them that spark to kind of keep pushing forward. I mean, like you said, if you don't, I don't want to do this, therefore I'm going to do it. And I think that's like, that's, that definitely hits the nail on the head for sure.
1: Yeah. I have to agree with you there. I think that I think that's a definitely a solid point to end on that, uh, learn to teach yourself to do things that you don't want to for the reason that you don't want to do it and no other reason.
0: Exactly. I couldn't say it better. I couldn't say it better myself, man. But, uh, so yeah, everyone, thanks for, for checking out this week's episode. Uh, definitely reach out to Alexander on, on Instagram, let him know you appreciated his words and stuff like that. And then share it with your friends and stuff like that. People that you may think, uh, can hear this message and, and really get a lot out of it. I think it's going to be a great message. Um, that people are, are going to want to hear and you need to be the ones to share it. So do it. Um, you can reach out to me everywhere on social media at flores.run. You can subscribe and leave a review for the podcast. That helps people find it with all the spe- special algorithms and all how all that science stuff works. Uh, you know, leave a review. It's super helpful. And you can visit my website at www.flores.run. I have all of my race reports on there. I am actually updating the page. So I'll have more with the podcast, more interviews and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for listening today, Alexander. Thank you so much for joining me on the show as well. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time, and we'll see you guys next week.